Hello and welcome to episode 10, season 1 of Storytime for Weirdos. This one is entitled Recovery of the Brass Taurus. Miguel stood at the entrance to the ruined temple. He dug into a pouch and produced a small metal square with a thin black cord that split halfway along its length and ended in two black rubber buds. He placed the buds in his ears and pinched the metal square before putting it back in a pouch. He proceeded to dance and shimmy through the ruins. The walls, made of a gray stone foreign to the surrounding badlands, echoed with his steps. Creatures skittered in the shadows. The merciless morning sun raked the roofless walls. When the blue scorpions that had ended more than one would-be looter surrounded Miguel, he produced a green glass bottle from a pouch in a rhythmic move. He broke it on the ground with a dramatic flourish. A purple cloud billowed out at his feet. He danced delicately around the scorpions as they convulsed and twitched. After sashaying across a courtyard, He skipped sideways up a staircase and stopped. Miguel eyed the hallway in front of him, his head bobbing to a beat only he could hear. He pulled his bow off his back and used the butt end to press on one of the terracotta tiles in the hallway floor. His eyes narrowed as darts shot out of the walls up and down the length of the hall. He studied the pattern of the tiles and pressed on a few more before he stepped out into the hall. Slowly at first, and then with more confidence, he followed a trail of tiles marked with ancient runes indicating the route. At the other end of the hall, Miguel skipped down a set of stairs and did the cha-cha to an archway opening on the edge of a pit. Approximately 60 feet from where he tapped his foot, a tower jutted up from the depths of the pit. He eyed the distance and squinted at the space between the columns on the tower. He set his feet, becoming completely still for the first time since entering the ruins. Miguel vanished from the archway and appeared on a ledge between two columns on the tower. He removed the rubber buds from his ears and carefully packed away the metal square and black cord. Miguel proceeded slowly into the tower, past the columns, and through a door into a circular room. In the center of the room was a column made of glass that glowed with a golden light. Inside the column, at eye level, was a fat brass ring about the same diameter of a cantaloupe. He spent a long time inspecting the column. He walked around it repeatedly, looking at the metal donut-shaped object that seemed to float in it. He sat for a time watching the column while he ate some beef jerky washed down with water from his flask. Finally, he approached the column, held out his hand, his brow knitted in concentration, and the ring appeared in it. Miguel froze, waiting for something to happen. Nothing did. He shrugged and placed the metal torus in his backpack. He exited the tower and shifted across the pit. As he ascended the stairs, two men with spears emerged from the gloom behind him as the third floated down into his field of vision. Give us the brass, Taurus, the floater yelled as the two other menaced him with his spears. Whoa, whoa, okay, replied Miguel, raising his hands. 
It's in my backpack, he said. The floater nodded to one of the spearmen, who proceeded to open Miguel's backpack and retrieve the metal ring. Meanwhile, the floater continued to bark questions at Miguel. How do you know I was here? I'm just a scavenger, he lied. I take what I find. What's your name? The floater asked, not even processing the response. Miguel Contreras, he replied, seeing no reason to deceive. The spearman tossed the shiny metal ring to the floater, who caught it, turned, and glided into the hallway. Boards had been jury-rigged over the deadly tiles for the spearmen to cross. Come, my master will want to ask you more questions, the floater said, motioning to the spearmen, who shoved Miguel onto the boards. Midway through the hall, Miguel stopped and said, You may know me by another name. He paused dramatically as the floater turned to him. Bandito Pancho Villa, he said expectantly. Who? said the floater. Pancho Villa, the outlaw. Come on, man, Miguel replied with mock indignation. The floater looked disgusted and turned away as the spearman snickered. Miguel took a beat and jumped from the board onto one of the safe tiles. The spearman shrieked at him as the floater turned, eyes widening. The floater reflexively ascended, fearing the traps. Miguel raised his right hand and focused on the brass ring dangling from his belt. It appeared in Miguel's right hand, and with his left hand, he tossed a bottle from one of his pouches that produced a billowing black smoke, blinding his enemies. Miguel ran as quickly as he dared, retracing his earlier route. He kicked the boards away when they crossed his path. That would keep the spearmen off his trail. The floater started chanting in an unearthly tongue. The floor behind him erupted with a purple carbuncle that burst in a mass of amethyst shards. Miguel managed to avoid the first explosion, but the floater continued chanting and maneuvered out of the black smoke. The next blast knocked him from the tiled hallway and down the stairs. Miguel's studded leather armor kept the shrapnel from cutting him to ribbons, and he managed to tumble into the fall. He rose to one knee with his short bow in his hand, with an arrow knocked. He smoothly fired at the floater, who shrieked and spun in the air as the arrow punched into his shoulder. Damn packed sorcerer, Miguel muttered as he sprinted through the runes. No blue scorpions attempted to intercept him, and it seemed like he was going to get out of this alive. He got to the edge of the ruins, where his horse, Rocanante, waited for him. A large, thickly muscled man rose to his feet as Miguel approached. The man drew a broadsword and stepped around Rocanante's rear. With his back to the horse, he grinned menacingly. Miguel was no telepath, but he and Rocanante had a close bond, so when he sent the simple mental command, kick, the horse complied. The swordsman fell forward, roaring in pain. Miguel sprinted past the prone warrior and mounted Rocanante. They galloped into the Badlands as the pack sorcerer, now grounded and bleeding, staggered out of the ruins. I hope you've enjoyed episode 10, season 1 of Storytime for Weirdos. This is a monthly podcast that gets posted on the first Saturday of every month. Storytime.
Turn all of the lights off over every boy and every girl. Story time. One more for chance for feeling some joy, laughter, or fear. Story time. You might want to listen, so put this into your ear. There is one where a guy becomes a gnome. There is one where a guy becomes a gnome. There is one where a guy becomes a gnome, becomes a gnome.